Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the gospel reading for this fifth Sunday in Easter, John 16, 5 to 15, especially these words. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Dear friends in Christ, sing to the Lord a new song. Alleluia! Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God's word for today has a theme for us. Joy, peace, celebration. How unrealistic that seems at certain times in our life. How difficult that is. So very, very often. We want to be happy. We want to be filled with joy. But the cares of this world, the cares of life, the worries, the realities, the disappointments, and the doubts drag us down. This last year, has been a difficult year for the whole world, quite literally, but for many of us as well. You don't have to do a Google search or read the newspaper to know that people are down. Their hearts are heavy. Their faces are downcast for a variety of reasons. It might be politics, it might be the economy, it might be pandemic, it might be any number of things. Statistics say that we are in a mental health crisis here in America. Anxiety and depression rates have tripled over the last 12 months. Suicide numbers have spiked, especially with the young, adolescents, and college age. Social anxiety disorder, which used to be fairly rare and uncommon, is now seemingly everywhere. After a year, people are coming out of hibernation. And they don't really know what to do. A recent survey says 40% of adults in America admit to having serious psychological distress. Today, Jesus says, why are your faces downcast? Why are your hearts Heavy. I am the Prince of Peace. I have come to bring you peace. Not peace as the world gives. Not peace as the world offers. But true peace. The scene for our gospel reading today. It's the evening we call Monday Thursday. 
Jesus is teaching his disciples one last time. He's about to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, be arrested, mocked, ridiculed, put on trial at a kangaroo court, beaten within an inch of his life, crowned with thorns, and led away to a place called Golgotha, Skull Hill, where he will bleed and die on an old rugged cross. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the difficult days that lie ahead. And yet the disciples don't want to listen. They don't want to hear. They don't want to ponder the fact that Jesus is leaving them. Jesus said, now I am going to him who sent me. I'm going to the Father. And yet none of you asks me, where are you going? They didn't even inquire of him. What's, what are you talking about, Jesus? Instead, they were filled with sorrow. They were filled with doom and gloom. They were filled with pessimism and depression. They couldn't imagine anything good coming out of the fact that Jesus was leaving, going away, going to the Father. Because I have said to the, these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Jesus knows your hurts, your sorrows, your worries. Jesus knows the things that cause you to have your face downcast and your hearts in turmoil. Jesus knows and doesn't give pious platitudes. He doesn't give you ten steps to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. Jesus gives himself. Jesus is going to the Father. And what that means is that he is going to suffer and die and three days later rise from the dead. Forty days later, ascend into heaven and send the gift of the Holy Spirit. My friends, Jesus knows why he has come. Jesus knows what he is about to do. And Jesus knows that everything he does, he does for you, for me, for poor, miserable sinners who are stuck in our sorrow and, like those disciples, don't want to listen, don't want to even ponder the possibility of something good, something great, something that would bring peace. Jesus says, nevertheless, even though your hearts are full of sorrow, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. My friends, our God is a God of truth. We don't know what we can believe in this world. We don't know if we can believe politics. We don't know if we can believe the media. We don't know if we can believe science. We don't know if we can believe even our own heart or feelings or emotions. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
Jesus says, I will tell you the truth. Too often, like a popular movie from about 20 years ago, we don't want the truth. We can't handle the truth. And so we bury our heads in the sand and are content with our sorrow and disappointment. But Jesus, who is the truth, is going to speak the truth to us anyway. It is to your advantage that I do go away. If I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Helper, the Advocate, the Comforter, the Paraclete, all names for the person and work of God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sent by Jesus after His mission is complete. What is His mission? To pay for the sins of the world. What is His mission? To save poor, miserable sinners like you and me. What is His mission? To overcome sin, death, and the grave. Now Jesus teaches us about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is a ministry of conviction. When you hear that word conviction, what do you think of? Almost always we think of a courtroom. Someone who has been tried and convicted. Oh, I've been accused, but I've never been convicted. There's another kind of conviction. Being convinced, being sure and certain of something. Many, many thousands of people went to the spring game yesterday. There is a firm conviction that this fall will be better than last fall on the gridiron. Pious wish? Definitely. Probable? Mm. My friends, of what are you firmly convinced? Where do your convictions lie? We have no problem talking about our convictions with regard to a sports team. We have no problem talking about our convictions with regard to politics or investment strategy. But when it comes to our faith, we whimper and we cower. We're not so sure and certain. We're not as convicted as we could be or should be. And this is why God sends the Holy Spirit and His ministry of conviction. The ministry of conviction. 
the ministry of the Holy Spirit is basically divided into three parts. And I want to stray just a little bit from the terminology of our text. The Holy Spirit comes to teach. The Holy Spirit comes to convict us of our sin. And the Holy Spirit comes to comfort. Why does the Holy Spirit need to teach us anything? I'm smart. I got a good IQ. I can figure it out. My friends, when Adam and Eve, our first parents, fell into sin, they brought the world plunging into sin and all of its consequences. And one of the consequences that we don't talk about near enough, we lost the perfect knowledge of God. We lost the perfect knowledge that God gives. All good gifts come from above. We heard that in our second reading. Our knowledge, our ability to think and reason became infected, tainted, corrupted with sin. Now, we think we know so much. And apart from God and His Word, we know very little. And we can certainly know nothing of who God is and how to get to heaven. We live our lives in ignorance. And for the most part, the old adage is true. Ignorance is bliss. We can be fairly happy and fairly content. We just bury our heads in the sand. We don't pay any attention to anything going on in the world. But that only can last for a short period of time. Eventually. The realities of this world and the realities of sin reach out and bite us. Like flipping a switch, the whole world was thrown into turmoil last March. No amount of ignorance is bliss could prepare us for the 13 months that lay ahead. No. My friends, the Holy Spirit comes to teach us, to teach us the truth of God's Word. The truth that God has created this world and everything in it perfect and holy. God is a God of life, not a God of death. He intended for everything and everybody to live forever. When sin entered into the world, And along with it, all of the consequences of sin, like fear and worry and doubt and depression and death. God went into action. He gave a word, a word of promise, a word of hope, a word of peace, a word of comfort. A word that promised a savior from sin, death, and damnation. That word is Jesus Christ. The only way that we can know for certain 
be convicted and convinced that our sins are forgiven is by grace through faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Every other attempt at saving ourselves or feeling good about ourselves or manufacturing joy will fall short. The Holy Spirit teaches us nothing new, but teaches us again and again the truth of God's love, the truth of our sin, and the truth of salvation in and only in the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ. My friends, the Holy Spirit has a ministry to not only teach us, but to convict us of our sin. We don't like to talk about our sin. We don't like to be caught in our sin. We certainly don't want to dwell on our sin. So what do we do? Well, we explain our sin away. It's not my fault. It's the way I was raised. It's the way society taught me. It's just a bad habit. It's God's fault. We will do anything and everything to avoid the mirror of the law, the mirror which shows us our sin. My friends, baptized into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we sin daily. And we sin much. Our pious pretending won't cut it with God. This is why the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to convict us each and every day that we are sinners and in need of the grace, forgiveness, and salvation that God freely gives. This isn't some sort of morbid talk Unless we know that we are sinners, how can we appreciate the forgiveness that Jesus brings? Christians like to play a game. And this game has eternal consequences. The game goes something like this. Well, I'm a believer. I know that Jesus died for me. I'm baptized. What will it hurt if I cheat on my taxes? Cheat on my spouse? Gossip about my neighbor? Take what doesn't belong to me? Ignore God's word? And the list goes on and on and on. We think that somehow we can straddle the fence and be a Christian a few hours or a few days a week and then let our hair hang down. Oh, it's okay to look as long as I don't touch. We play this game again and again, and it is a dangerous game, 
That is the slippery slope to hell. God loves us enough to send us the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be afraid. God already knows. God teaches us to humble ourselves before His Word. To admit the corruption of our nature and the reality of our sin. And to hear, as if for the first time, the good news of the gospel. That's the primary work of the Holy Spirit, to comfort us. To comfort us, like a, like a warm, snuggly blanket? No. To comfort us with the forgiveness of sins. To comfort us with peace. True peace. Everlasting peace. In this world you will have trouble, Jesus says. Take heart. I have overcome this world. We live in the world, but we are not of the world. Our citizenship is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit comforts us, especially at those times when we are down, when our faces are down, when our hearts are down, when we are full of sorrow because things are out of control. God is in control no matter what you hear and what you see. And the proof of God's love and peace and comfort and control is the death and resurrection of His Son for you. There were two verses in our sermon hymn that really teach us the reality of the world we live in. Verse 2. Fast bound in Satan's chains I lay. Death brooded darkly o'er me. Sin was my torment night and day. In sin my mother bore me. But daily deeper still I felt. My life became a living hell. So firmly sin possessed me. Can't get any worse than that, can it? Oh yeah, verse 3. My own good works all came to naught. No grace or merit gaining. Free will against God's judgment fought. Dead to all good remaining. My fears increased till sheer despair left only death to be my share. The pangs of hell I suffered. You want to know why there is a mental health crisis going on in our world? You want to know why depression, anxiety, and suicides are up? You want to know why we have this despair and turmoil and pessimism in our world? Because people don't know the good news of Jesus Christ for them. Because people don't really believe the good news of Jesus Christ for them. My friends, take heart. The Prince of Peace brings you peace this day. 
He delivered Good Friday and Easter to you in the waters of holy baptism. He speaks it into your ear. He puts it into your mouth in the Holy Supper. God gives you peace, hope, joy. The chief sin is unbelief. All sin flows from the chief sin of unbelief. When our faces are downcast and our hearts are heavy, when we are filled with sorrow and pessimism and depression, Satan is attacking us and attacking our faith. My friends, God gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit implanted in you the day you were baptized. You, dear brother or sister in Christ, you have peace whether you feel it or not because the peace that Jesus gives cannot be taken away. True righteousness is yours. Not by how you feel, not by how you act, not by who you vote for, not by how much money you have in the bank. True righteousness is yours through Jesus. My friends, Jesus went to the Father, not only for the disciples, he went to the Father for you. He went to the Father for you. And now, because we've been washed clean by Jesus Christ, because we've been filled with His Spirit, because we are convicted and convinced that our sins are forgiven and our name is written in the book of life, we wait with joy and anticipation until God calls us to go to the Father. Not a life filled with fear, but a life filled with hope. A life filled with comfort. A life filled with joy. Why? Because Jesus lives. The victory's won. Because Jesus lives, your victory is won. Live in that peace and joy that the victory has earned for you. Not just today. Not just the season of Easter. But until you see Jesus face to face. Sing to the Lord a new song. May God grant it to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our joy in Christ Jesus our Lord.